The text that calls for our attention this evening is both the first commandment as it's found in Exodus 20 and also our reading from Joel, which says this, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And God spoke all of these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. That's the first commandment, as it's recorded in Exodus chapter 20. It is the commandment that undergirds all of the rest of the commandments that God did give. It is the commandment that if you could keep just it, then the other commandments wouldn't even need to be mentioned. In the original context, God gave this commandment to the Israelites of old. And he told them that they should not have any other gods in light of the fact that he had just saved them from the oppressive hand of the Egyptians. I mean, it only makes sense. Why would the Israelites go chasing after other gods when the one true God had just stretched out his mighty right arm to save them? Why would one turn against the one that had just saved them from such peril? No, really, why would one? Why would you? Why do you? Isn't that exactly what you do each time that you sin? You turn against the very one who has saved you. You turn against the one who has saved you, not from the oppressive arms of the Egyptians, but from much more formidable foes like sin and death and the power of the devil. And this salvation he was not able to bring you easily. No, he could not do it simply by breaking the Red Sea into two parts. But instead he did it by allowing the body of his only begotten son to be broken upon the cross for you. All of this and yet you turn against him. He sacrificed everything for you and at times... You can't sacrifice even just a little comfort for him. You erect something in your life that you think is of absolute importance, so important that even God himself must play second fiddle to that thing. You fall down and worship that thing. Oh, probably not as an actual idol, but you worship it with your time and your talents, with your emotions 
and your money? What is the idol that you fall down before? Is it food or alcohol or comfort? Is it family or a career or a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Is it pleasure? Is it independence? Is it money? Whatever it is, when you bow down before it, always remember that you, in doing so, turn your back on the very God who has saved you. And do not act as if God does not care about your sin. For knowing that first commandment, he tells us that he is a jealous God who indeed does punish sin. He does not look the other way when we carelessly go off after other gods. He cannot. For his heart aches when we are away from him. He calls out to you today with the same words he gave to the prophet Joel to speak many years ago. He says this to you. Return to me with all of your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your hearts and not your garments. No, sadly, just having the ashes placed on our forehead today is not enough. It's not enough unless what it really mirrors is the condition of our heart. For if the ashes upon our forehead are truly a picture that our heart has been burned to ash by the word of God, well, then the two go right together, don't they? But we cannot take comfort in trying to believe that somehow God does not care about our sin. And we can't just look like we are repentant. For quite frankly, to look like we're repentant is pretty easy, but it is not appearances that the Lord judges. No, he judges the heart. As the prophet Isaiah reminds us, it is a broken and contrite heart that a God like ours will not despise. And so tonight, as we enter into this season of Lent, you must take into account just how sinful your actions are and how they show God such an utter lack of respect and love. And don't try to take comfort in the fact that others sin also. Don't try to take comfort in the fact that you think some other sins are worse than yours. Don't take comfort thinking that God knows you're going to sin anyways, so you might as well do it anyways. No, all of those thoughts, too, must be burned into ashes. Instead of all that, you are to return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and he's merciful. He's slow to anger and he's abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. When the people in Joel's day repented, we are told that God had pity on his people. The Lord answered and said to them, Behold, I am sending you grain and wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied. And no longer will I make you a reproach among the nations. So also tonight, God takes pity on all of us who repent right down to our hearts. He meets us with his mercy and grace. You see, God is jealous over us precisely because he loves us so very much. 
He is restless until we have returned to him and are resting in his grace. Today he shows his steadfast love again to those who love him and keep his commandments. And why do we love him? Why do we seek to keep his commandments? We love him because he first loved us. We love him and seek to keep his commandments because we simply can't fathom the true scope of the love that God has shown to us in Christ Jesus. God promised his people of old grain, wine, and oil to satisfy them. Well, tonight again, he gives to you grain and wine as well. But this grain and wine is not meant to simply satisfy the hunger in your stomach, but it is meant to satisfy the deep yearnings of your soul. This grain and wine will deliver to you the very body and blood of the one who died for you. It will bring you the forgiveness of sins won for you when that one who knew not sin became sin in order that you might become the righteousness of God. Yes, you leave this rail tonight with the righteousness of God given to you as pure gift. Behold, now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. Come, take and eat, take and drink. For your ashes of mourning, Jesus prepares to turn into joy. Amen.